0: the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.com captivate.fm or search in the pocket on itunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts find us on facebook and instagram at in the pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show thank you for tuning in to in the pocket i'm your host flo edwards and our special guest today is margaret brownlee she is running for city council on south portland and she's also works at Mecca. Um, Margaret, please introduce yourself.
1: Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, my name is Margaret Brownlee. Um, <laughs> I use she, her pronouns, and I introduce myself in multiple ways. So I wear multiple hats. I am the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Maine College of Art and Design. I'm also the Um, Vice Chair of the South Portland Human Rights Commission. And I am a student, a mom, and I'm running for city council. So I have a lot of hats that I wear. I have to try really hard to balance multiple responsibilities, focus on self-care and relaxation um, because that's really important. It's what sustains me and what keeps me going, keeps me motivated. So yeah, we can talk about any and all of that and I'd love to to connect with people. So anything you want to ask me is good.
0: Great. So you said you're a student. I didn't know that. What are you studying?
1: studying educational leadership at the university of new england and i'm at the end of my studies focused on a doctorate in education so fingers crossed by may of 2022 i will have graduated with my uh doctorate so yeah it's another hat that i wear (laughs) among many
0: (laughs) awesome well dr Brownlee, it's pretty nice. (laughs) It rolls off the tongue. Future, yeah. Yeah. So, are you um, working on a, a thesis or a dissertation to finish?
1: Yes. So, my focus, my research, is on exploring the lives of queer women of color at predominantly white institutions, looking at the theory of intersectionality and how we have multiple identities and sense of belonging, how we, as queer women of color, fit into these predominantly white spaces, what helps us to keep going, what helps us to feel motivated and connected. And so once my research is approved by the Institutional Research Board, IRB, I will be interviewing about 15 women um, and looking at their uh, coping strategies, their success strategies, their challenges. So I'm very excited very passionate, clearly um, I identify as a queer woman of color. I've also attended predominantly white institutions. And so I'm really, you know, looking at myself, I've had to look inward and I'm I'm gonna continue um, to connect with women to see, you know, what they're experiencing. And I hope that my research will help women who are um, looking to enter schools, uh, looking in higher education so that they succeed, they graduate, um, and they feel confident. So I'm excited. Can't wait to finish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So what made you, I mean, I think I could think why you would be interested in that, but what was the passion reason?
1: Yeah, so I attended a college in upstate New York, um, which, I actually wasn't in, I wasn't admitted to very many schools. I actually think I was only, I was only admitted to one. Um, And I'm a first generation college student. And so it was hard going to college for me. You know, I didn't really know how to navigate the environment. I didn't know what like the bursar's office was. I didn't know why I needed to go see academic advisors and things like that. And I think it's hard you're a first generation college student to kind of figure out what college is and how to succeed. I also felt very lonely um, as a woman of color at a predominantly white institution and I know working in colleges now that many students of color feel lonely um, if they're only you know five or ten percent at their college. It can be really hard and so I wanted to do a study that was really personal to me and that would help future students. Um, I've also struggled with a sense of belonging here um, in Portland and also in other cities. And so I just really hope that my research can um, support women moving forward because I don't want them to feel like they don't belong. Right? I want people to feel like wherever you are, you can create a sense of community and that queer women of color do belong in white spaces.
0: It's nice to know that there are other people like you, like myself, who have struggled being in or taken a while to find their sense of place. Do you feel like you've found your sense of place?
1: I don't know. I think that's a good question. I found over the years that I I connect with multiple groups. And so because I connect with multiple groups, I don't have to belong to one particular group. So for example, I went to a women's only college, so I felt definitely connected with my gender identity there. But, you know, being a lesbian identifying as a lesbian people at that college were like, oh, we're not a lesbian college, you know, so people kind of shunned away from talking about sexuality. And then, um, as a woman of color, sometimes you kind of feel connected in, in spaces where you're a woman of color, but then sometimes you're shunned away if you identify as a lesbian or queer or bisexual or whatever, because, um, there's a a huge stigma with um, being non-heterosexual as a person of color. And so, you know, I've had to adapt. Um, I've had to connect with multiple groups and kind of build my own community or build my family. And so I think I do struggle sometimes because I do have to, I don't feel like I can be my true full self in any one particular space at least I haven't felt that yet. So it's been a little bit hard, Um, but I just celebrated my 40th birthday and I am starting to like, you know, be my true authentic self. I'm like, I need to be ready. Like I'm grown, you know, like I need to be my full self and be happy no matter what. And so it's been a journey. I'm still working on it though. Still working on it.
0: Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. So, um do you feel any different turning 40 besides like, hey, I'm I'm grown. I'm going to do this right.
1: Well, it's only been 2 days, so <laughs> I haven't quite I'm still in denial, I think that I'm 40. Uh, it's hard cuz, you know, a lot of culture um, or American culture uh, glorifies being young and, you know, single and going out and mingling and um You know, I'm like married and I've a a daughter and, you know, I'm pretty, you know, like I'm, I I feel like I'm grounded, but I still have this like 20 year old mentality sometimes. So it's this weird juxtaposition of like, no, I'm not that, you know, so it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, I turned 40 this year. Um in March, so I've been 40 for most of the year now. Um, not that that makes me feel any more 40 than I did when I was 20, but um, it's nice to know that somebody who's been such in such a long-term relationship, raising a family, um, also feels like, hey, I've, I missed those 20 days, or I still, in the back of my mind, think about it. Good to hear. So that must help you relate to the students at Mecca. Can you tell us what you do there?
1: Yeah, so I I help the Students of Color Coalition. I help the Gender Sexuality Alliance. I'm their staff advisor. I plan heritage months and workshops like Indigenous Peoples Day and Hispanic Heritage C- Cultural Month and a variety of other things. And then I also help to support faculty and I serve on the Diversity Council. So where I look at institutional goals and kind of like their strategic plan. So I do a lot... Um, across the institution this is a new role it's only one year old so i'm still kind of ironing out the kinks and figuring things out there's a lot of work to be done um but i'm grateful that the college created this role there was a lot of students and people fighting for it and so um it's definitely needed and i'm i'm happy and excited that i'm doing this work
0: nice it's good to know that you have so much to do that's some job security right there
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. Good to hear. That's funny. Um, Is there any, interse- it sounds like there's a lot of intersectionality with uh, the Human Rights Commission or committee, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I helped to create the Human Rights Commission in 2020, I think, yeah. Um, and uh, it was really a, a uh, It was born out of the death of George Floyd and a lot of the resurgence of Black Lives Matter and really me looking internally and thinking, what can I do personally to um, draw attention to this sense of urgency that Black Lives Matter? And so I worked with a number of city councilors and legislators and community members to say like, we need to get up and do something. Um, I also lost my race in 2019 for city council. And so I was like, what else can I do? Um, So, you know, I worked with the mayor um, and the city manager to just put something together. So I was in the right place at the right time, definitely. Um, And it just aligned really nicely. And so I've been doing that now for about a year. We've, we've hosted a few events. We actually have one coming up Indigenous Peoples Day in Mill Creek, South Portland on October 11th. And we're really just trying to raise awareness, engage the community around these really important issues. And it's nice. It's nice to uh, feel that sense of belonging with a group of people that share a common purpose. So I love it. Last year, I like talked about it ad nauseum. Like everybody wanted to ask me about it. Not to mention anymore because it's, you know, it seems kind of like old news now, I think. Um, at least to some, it does. And so I talk more about the DEI work that I do uh, professionally and obviously City Council is at the top of my priority list right now too. But yeah, the Human Rights Commission is great and I'm, I'm glad that it's something that's permanent, uh, that will continue as a legacy, I think. I'm really proud of it.
0: Yeah yeah congratulations oh,
1: thank you yeah
0: so for the hrc i'm glad that it's a legacy um how does that work are people going to be elected to that every couple of years um i i clear i clearly don't know so please let me know
1: oh, yeah so um originally when we wrote the what they call the ordinance or like the local law we wanted one person from each district in South Portland, there's five districts, two at large, um, and then a youth representative and a representative from the school board. So we, I think in total, and then a couple of other ex-officio members. So in total, we have about 13 people um, and they serve two or three terms. Um, And then I think one of them serves a one term. So there's those like off years. So like, we don't have everybody with a mass exodus leave. So the youth representative is voted every year by city council. Um, And then my position, I was voted as an at-large seat by city councilor Katie Brusco. Um, But you're nominated, you apply, you either you apply or nominated, um, and then the city council votes on you. Um, So you don't have to go through an election process or campaign or anything for that. You just have to apply. and have uh the city council vote on you uh to join and then uh then we meet every other week to talk about important issues like homelessness affordable housing um education there's a number of topics that we're talking about on the count on the commission
0: yeah and i assume the commission is uh it's a volunteer position it's you don't get paid correct yeah
1: correct yeah it's volunteer
0: Nice. So I know you're running uh, again for city council. Are you doing some of the same things that you did last time you ran or are you completely switching it up?
1: Yeah, I'm doing similar things, um, but I have a larger budget. (laughs) So um, the first time I ran, I didn't do much fundraising at all, actually. Um, and I think I raised about $800 the last time and I was pretty much on a shoestring budget. This time around, I started fundraising early and raised like triple the amount and, um, which is incredible, um, to have that much community support. So I bought way more lawn signs from a local union printer named Dale Rand. Um, I. I walk around this, the, the city um, with friends to help knock doors. I got some t-shirts um, so it shows visibility. And um, I'm doing like, uh, what do you call it? Like meet and greets. So I did one um, in, the, in the district four neighborhood to just meet the candidate, like meet me, talk about issues. And then I'm doing another one coming up midway through this month Um, uh, like coffee and conversations, just to get my name out there and encourage people to vote since this is the off year. There's a lot of people that vote during the presidential campaigns and then usually people don't vote for local campaigns. So I am just handing out my information, meeting a lot of people and saying, don't forget to vote this year. Um, It's been really fun. I enjoy doing it. It's a great way to get connected to the community um, and be outside. It's beautiful today, so. It's
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. How how was your last meet and greet or your first meet and greet?
1: Yeah, it was my first ever. Like I hadn't. I was nervous. So it's funny because I knew I think like every single person that was there except for two. Um, there were about fifteen people, and it was just like a backyard gathering with like donuts and cider, and um, you know I did a, a my spiel. They call it a stump speech where I explain who I am and why I'm running. I wrote everything down, um, and uh, I said it. We took some pictures. It was really chill, and it felt nice to feel supported by people um, that were backing me and really helping me and encouraging me to run. I just feel like I'm being lifted up by the community, which is really nice. Um, So I'm going to host another one, maybe even two more. It's fun. I like it.
0: Yeah. Is there one already planned? Do you have a date?
1: Yes. So I'm doing one on Sunday, October 17th at Omi Cafe, which is in South Portland. Um, And we're going to do coffee and conversation um, in the District 2, District 1.
0: Nice. So uh, speaking of, you know, South Portland, I hear that Ocean Ave is becoming Washington Ave in the, like a mini Washington Ave. What do you think about that?
1: I have heard that, and I'm not really sure what that means. Um, I think it's because, is it because of the traffic? Is that what people are saying?
0: Oh, I think it's because of the, like, the restaurants, like, the food offerings. There's a, okay. a, a not a kosher bakery, but they're doing knishes. I um, oh, yes. just opened up, and I'm trying to think of what else is there. I don't, like, go to South Korea. Taco, tri- Taco Trio, <laughs> yes.
1: You know, growing up in Portland, I remember, like, very few businesses um, over, I guess it's Ocean Ave, but I, I'm thinking kind of like Main Street, which is where Smaha's and Sia Cafe are located. And I just remember just like one or two businesses over there and thinking to myself, like, why are there more businesses in South Portland? Why aren't there, you know, rent and um, real estate is so expensive in Portland? And South Portland is literally a stone throw away, um, and we have parking, so I'm free parking. And so I'm thinking, you know, it, it is a great place to start a business. Um, you know, our Office of Economic Development really supports local businesses. Taxes are lower, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that more and more businesses um, open up. There's a really great new one called uh, Judy Gibson, which I think moved from a gunkwit. So it's it's just nice to see things flourishing here in the city. Um so yes, I hope it becomes the new Washington Ave or whatever. Um because it's a great place. It's a great location.
0: Yeah, I love the Nightville area for sure. So do you um have you been to Foulmouth Brewery?
1: I don't drink beer. I love wine, but I don't drink beer. Um, So no, I haven't been there. So if there's a winery that opens in South Portland, I will be there immediately. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I haven't been to Foulmouth. And Four River Brewery is like right in my neighborhood, which is cool. Um, And so I've wanted to kind of go over there, but it's mostly beer. So I haven't really found my niche yet. Maybe I'll try something that i like but so far i
0: haven't found a beer that i like so far got it um i love four river um they have some really tasty ipas there and i love that they name a lot of their beers after like south portland names like laconia is one of their beers um but what i found that in people who don't drink beer but who like wine they often like sours which are They're sour beers, but they do have more of like a wine-like quality, like more tannins in them. And like Gozas, which are like sour and salty. I don't know if you've heard of those yet, but something to think about. What kind of wines do you like?
1: I love Moscato, Riesling, Sangria. I mean, it's a blend, but it's a cocktail, I think. But I like a Riesling, a Moscato. Yes, I'll definitely be, uh, I got mostly wine for my birthday. That was the number one thing that <laughs> I got, so I'm very excited. I love it.
0: Did you get any new wines?
1: Uh, maybe, I haven't really, it's been a little bit of a blur this week. I've been, today's Friday, so I'm happy about that. Um. So this weekend, maybe I'll have some time to spit, but I've been super busy, so Everything's a whirlwind. I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know yet. I do miss Cellar Door Winery, and I was sad that they left Thompson's Point. So if there's a winery that decides to open in South Portland, I'll say that like three times, um, that would be amazing. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Cellar Door is like having a sale. Um, I saw on their Instagram or Facebook. I'm not sure. But so you should check that out if you actually like their stuff there. I guess trying to get some money to get another spot in portland area if not portland proper but maybe south portland right. maybe they're looking there maybe. yeah
1: fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed <laughs> yeah um so have we not talked about anything else that you've been doing in the community or stuff that you just want to share with us
1: um i don't know i mean you know running for city council takes up a lot of time but I am pretty good about, I think, um, juggling multiple responsibilities. So, um, you know, running for city council, work, school, family, my daughter just entered kindergarten. So, you know, joining the PTA is a a thing. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm going to do that, but, you know, getting involved as a parent in my daughter's, uh, local school i think is important it's also really great for her to make friends and for me to connect with parents and so i definitely want to look into that um but yeah i mean i don't know yeah i think that's a little bit about me and
0: um, how did you get so yeah. good how did you get so good at doing so many things
1: I think that I'm good at Compartmentalizing things So I have like a really Laser focus on One thing at a time And like when I'm working on Say one project I'm really Not thinking about anything else Um But I do think about that So I do write a lot So I used to journal a lot I meditate Where I try to clear my mind Um every morning Um But I'm really not sure like I do think that about that sometimes I'm like how do I do all these things (laughs) people think I'm crazy (laughs) and I'm I don't know I really don't I don't know um but I'm not perfect you know I do get stressed out just like everyone else um I do have moments where I crash and I like need to like take breaks and not do anything um And so, but I also don't do a lot of social things. So like when people are out going to, you know, festivals and Freiburg fairs and concerts and movies, like I don't usually do those things. I don't, um, so I do miss out on some things too, because I'm so involved in, um, projects. So I do have to make sacrifices, but I try so hard to find balance. And I think about that a lot. It's a Libra in me that does that, so.
0: The scales, I love it. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing some time with us. I know you're very, very busy. Um, How can people reach you? What is the plug?
1: So I have a website. It's margaretbrownlee.com. My last name, everybody messes it up, so it's B-R-O-W-N-L-E-E, so L-E-E dot com, Um, because oftentimes people mess it up, so margaretbrownlee.com. I love LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn a lot, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I even have my phone number on there, too, so people text me or do Facebook chat or whatever. I tend to, to be easy to connect with. Wow.
0: So, um, uh, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Have you talked to any constituents yet on your Facebook chat? Oh, a few
1: minutes ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate this time. and I would love to connect again.
0: The for us bias us fund, which supports black, brown, indigenous and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.